your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That'd be much, much appreciated. And make sure that you make Locked On Leafs part of your daily listening routine. Make sure you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. And uh, like I said, new episodes coming each and every day. So, hey, you're subscribed. Do it that content. And today's episode's going to be a doozy. Uh, I'm going to be joined by uh, my good pal Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. And Dave, we were uh, we were coming into tonight thinking it was going to be a pretty good game between the Maple Leafs and the Rangers, two of the top teams in the East. It was looking decent early on for Toronto, but ultimately they fall six to three, allow the Rangers to come back and another blown lead. This is now four blown leads in the last five games. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, 6-3 was the final there. Uh, I guess first and foremost, you know, is, is this is this starting to become a, a concerning trend for you, these these leads that are being blown? You, you can't not be concerned considering how many times it's happened now. And look, some people have said they're you know, blowing leads against teams that are really good. But at the same time, the Leafs are supposed to be a good team. And if you want to be – These are the – against playoff teams, doing yeah. against playoff teams, teams that they're yeah. going to need to beat once the playoffs come to it. Like, when it happened against Colorado, I got it. And then against Banks, like, okay, maybe. But then it happened again against St. Louis, and then it happened again against the Rangers. To me, this is now becoming a trend, and that is not a trend that you want to see the Maple Leafs going into here. No, you know, exactly. Like, you, you see the Leafs go up 3-1, and I guarantee most Leaf fans are like, eh. <laughs> like, like eh, we're, we're not exactly thrilled with the 3-1 in the first period. I think that's even more so that it's happened so early yeah. and that trying to hold that for a whole game is just so tough and it's, well, it's been brutal. Morale must have been like at an all-time high, right? Ilya Mikheyev go in there. He scores early. Michael Bunting gets one, you know, a, a nice little tap in there off the rebound. And then uh, and then Mitch Marner finally scores on the power play. His first power play goal in 100 games. That's a, quite the monkey off the back. You would think that everyone would be riding high, but – Unfortunately, uh, it, not high enough. Igor Shosturkin, after allowing that power play goal, he said, uh-uh, no more. And he sh- he locked it down. You know, this was going to be a battle of the attendees tonight coming into it. And one guy looked like a Vesna caliber goaltender, the other not so much. But you know what? I got to tell you what my biggest problem with tonight's game was. It wasn't necessarily Jack Campbell. It was the, the play in front of him. I mean, this was just a, a really tough, tough night and you know I talked about this on on uh, Leafs lunch earlier today I when I did my my Al's brothers school degeneracy segment where I talk about you know the, the betting angle to the game I thought that the Rangers would win this one I said I, I you know the fact that they're missing Muzzin and Hall you look at that blue line the Rangers they're a deep team they could feast on this blue line here and you know really kind of be in a track meet type game and, and that's ultimately what happened they were they were brutal 
I mean, just brutal. Sandine and Lilligren, I thought, were awful. Travis Durbin and Biega, like, those guys, I don't even know what the heck they were doing out there on the ice tonight. Like, that's certainly (laughs) – man, I don't know. But outside of of TJ Brody, I would say, who I thought had a decent game, I guess, the rest of the guys, Riley was okay, I suppose. Didn't really, you know, make any glaring mistakes. But that bottom four just – they didn't seize the opportunity. You know, with Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall out, there was an opportunity for Sandin and Lilligren to kind of show and say, hey, we've got a future with this club. We are we are the future of this blue line. They didn't quite look like it tonight. No, not at all. And and look, I know losing Jake Muzzin is tough, but there's teams that lose defensemen all the time. And this is why you've built up this depth. This is why you've built up, you know, your development system to have guys that can step in into situations like this. You know, we're expecting Jake Muzzin out for two games. So the message is for two games, show us what you can do. We're not asking you to do this for the rest of the season. And yeah, just an awful first impression. Cause I think that blue line got bullied. Oh, like, absolutely. Like it, it, for, especially we like Ryan Reeves scored his first and second goal of the, of the game tonight like or of his season tonight his first couple for the rangers and like he was playing bully puck like that guy they didn't want to touch him it's like they were playing like contactless hockey like i don't know what the heck sandim or dermot was doing when he tried to skate away from him when he was back checking on his first goal then on the second goal sandine just trying to poke at it as opposed to trying to you know play a little bit of the body lift the stick try and do something to knock this the puck off of reeve's stick but instead, they were just afraid of the guy, it seemed. Like, I just, I don't know, they really got out, outmatched. They got outpowered by, by Ryan Reeves, and Ryan Reeves was really kind of the difference. Like, when this team was rolling, it was Reeves who kind of stopped the bleeding for them tonight and got them back into the goal column with scoring the first couple, and then the rest of the team started to pick it up. The errors started to mount, the, the egregious turnovers, um, in their own end, and and it was very reminiscent to what we were seeing earlier in the season when they went on that slump. It's turnovers, man. Like they're just giving up brutal, brutal turnovers in their own end. I don't know it's what like they just can't they can't play with the puck. These defensemen, what the heck is going on? It's not just the turnovers. It's also the because you're turning the puck over, the zone coverage is not there. Like no. how many times can you leave a guy wide open and say, hey, Jack? Try try to do your thing, you know. Dude, like Chris Kreider. Can we talk about the Chris Kreider goal for a second? Oh, goodness. What the hell was that? Like, uh, Ryan Strom, too, left all alone at the side of the net for an easy tap-in. To, to, that was, what, the game winner, actually, I believe. And the Chris Kreider goal, like that one, how does that happen? A guy who scored 24, 25 goals this season, like right off the draw, he heads to the net. No one picks him up. Like, I, I saw a still – of of that face off and it seemed like i don't know sandim was was trying to like support the the face off draw i don't know what the hell was going on but literally it looked like they were in a conga line matthew sandine and dermot in this still photo that somebody sent me a little bit of like a screenshot of, of that what was happening and then there's chris Kreider, 25 goal scorer having a career year one of the big best goal scorers of the game right now sitting there all alone in front of jack campbell like what type of support is that? Like, it was just, uh, they were losing their guys, and they just didn't know what was going on. They seemed really overwhelmed. 
at the end of the day. They got exposed from having to play tougher matchups and tougher minutes. Like these are guys who typically either are playing alongside a veteran, a guy like Muzzin, a guy like now I guess Justin Holes considered a veteran in the game. And they're not playing against the Chris Criders typically. They're not playing against top competition. They're, they've been sheltered so far early in their career, or they're playing with Jake Muzzin. So I think tonight when you just put them both together, it was just very overwhelming for them, and they really got exposed uh, you know, with, with much, much tougher matchups. And, and you look at almost every single Rangers goal, it was easy. They didn't have to work hard to get to the front of the net. Yeah. There wasn't a pushback from the Leafs defense. It was the easy word to say it was soft, like soft coverage. They didn't want to hit. They didn't want to move guys out of the way. They didn't want to make it hard for them. And that's the concerning part because there's only really one defenseman on this Leafs team that plays with that style. Yeah. That's Jake Muzzin. And he wasn't there tonight. And, and when he's not there, there's not really anyone that can, play like that like there's nobody who can really like haul somewhat but he wasn't there either right he's on the COVID list so they really need to get somebody else uh we we always we've talked about that we talked about that a lot coming into the year when Zach Bogosian didn't come back there was that secondary nastiness on the blue line that they were lacking and I said this multiple times to me it Morgan Riley is the best defenseman on the blue line but he's not the most uh what's the word I'm looking for the uh the most important no what's the word i'm looking for here dave you're, you're previously saying like if if you're not without riley the the back end the their own zone isn't really the big issue right he's you're not missing out on anything on the physicality side on the defensive yeah. zone side maybe important is the word i'm looking for here where muzzin is the most important most irreplaceable that's what i'm looking for okay. muzzin is the most irreplaceable um defenseman i believe on the maple Leafs. is he the best no I, that's morgan riley absolutely but muzzin's the most irreplaceable because they don't have anybody else that can play that way they just don't and tonight was a night where they got bullied by by a much bigger and stronger team um let, let me pull up this quote here by sheldon keith today and this is exactly like how telling it is to how poor Sheldon Keefe thought his team played and how soft that they played tonight. Listen to this quote from, from Keefe. Quote, we got exposed today for being a team that was just soft, soft and purposeless and just kind of playing the game, hoping it was going to work out. Could you imagine hearing that from your coach? Like, ah, ah man, that's, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. They did play extremely soft today. Like, they were just getting bullied off pucks all night long. The forecheck of the Rangers was too much to handle, and that's what was forcing the turnovers, which ultimately led to some goals. Like, we, we talked about it, – it's always been a theme that the Leafs have trying to add grit, add that toughness, the nastiness. They did it up front, but the blue line, I feel like, has been totally overlooked in that department because, as you just said, Jake Muzzin is irreplaceable because he – as we said, he is the only one that brings it there – and it's a lack of balance because Travis Dermott's not physical, as we saw tonight. Alex Biega, definitely not. He's he's trying to go into the rush more than Morgan Riley does. Like TJ Brody, great defenseman. I think you know, other than Muzzin, I think Brody follows on falls on that because he's so sound defensively. He doesn't need to be physical. Very rare. Like he's smart because he's got an active stick. Like his 
He's Very smart and, 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 and like, you know, we, we know about his, his patented slides on two on ones, but like there was a play tonight. I can't remember who it was, but there was a, somebody had a, a, a breakaway. I want to say it may have even been Panarin and he was kind of screaming in off the wing and, and, you know, Brody was in retreat. He was skating backwards and then ultimately turned as Panarin tried to burn by him. And then just as it seemed like Panarin was about to take a shot, he just got the stick to kind of knock the puck off, off his stick. And ultimately, you know, the Rangers weren't able to get a, a shot off there. So, you know, but you're right. It's, it's not the ruggedness isn't there from anybody else. And I think as much as we've been kind of crapping on Jake Muzzin lately, he clearly is a very meaningful piece to this hockey club, even if he's only, let's say, 75% of what he was a year ago. It's funny because I was just about to say, how many people were looking at, oh, is this a time where you maybe consider moving Jake Muzzin to make <laughs> – and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think – I think Jake Muzzin just earned himself a little more uh, love from the Leafs oh, Nation. Of yeah, how valuable he is. yeah, he's got a little bit more credibility now for being uh, being a valuable piece. That That's for sure. Um, all right, we're, we're going to play some cosine, no sign in a little bit, but I also got, uh, we'll keep talking about this game because we've got to get into Jack Campbell a little bit. I, I dug up some stats and kind of how he's been playing a little bit lately and, and they're not, they're not great. They're not great. So we'll get into that conversation. We'll play some cosine, no sign. We'll do all that after we return from a word from our show sponsors, listening to locked on Leafs. Bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the best wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into Locked on Leafs. Uh, Mike DiStefano, the host of the show, here with you. Alongside me, I got Sportsnet and NHLPA writer uh, Dave Morissuti. We're going through the Maple Leafs 6 3 loss to the New York Rangers tonight. Uh, you know, Jack Campbell allowed five. You know, the sixth one uh, came as the result of an empty net, so he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't on, on the ice or as a result for that, but allowed 21 or allowed five goals on 26 shots against an 808 save percentage, a 517 goals against for Jack Campbell. Um, look, we, we talked about already the fact that a lot of this has to do with the defensive breakdowns and, you know, deserves a lot of, uh, that deserves a lot of, of, uh, you know, negativeness thrown toward it because I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now. But Jack Campbell, too, needs to be better. Like, this isn't the same Jack Campbell we saw earlier in the year. Some of these goals, like, you got to have. You just got to have it. Yeah, like, you know, you don't put it all on Jack Campbell, but Jack Campbell also needs to help a little bit. He needs to give the defense a little bit of confidence in that, you know, if they make a mistake, look, I'm going to do my best to have your back. There, there were a few goals that got by him. I think like the second Reeves goal went over his yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Like th- things like that where it goes between your legs. Like I, I, I don't fault him on the Kreider goal because the guy got left wide open in front of that. Right. There's not much you can do about that. But like, yeah, you saw what Shesterkin did. Like I, you, you point, you look at the other guy 
who allow three goals, but guess what? Rock yeah, solid yeah. the rest of the way. Yeah. Like that's, I think, you know, if, if Jack Ham was going to have those struggles, it's the timeliness of when he makes the big, the next save he can give up, like he can give up, you know, three goals, but it's, when are you giving up those goals and what's the situation? I feel like the whole team is just feeling overwhelmed right now. And they're just, they're sinking. They're, they're trying to tread water right now and it's not working. It's a lot of games on the road, you know, at, at the end of the day too. I know they came home for whatever to sleep in their own beds in between the game in St. Louis and heading back out to New York. But you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of, of time spent on the road. And I wonder if that has anything to do with it, uh, to do with the game here. I, I, not the game, but to do with like Jack Campbell's play as of late, um, just taking a look, you know, digging into his statistics since returning from the COVID holiday break um, in the six games that he's started and played, he's got a three thirty goals against and an eight ninety three save percentage. Like, that's, that's very on Jack Campbell. Like it's actually going to maybe hurt my futures bet on him winning the Vesna. <laughs> I mean, I would say so. I don't think he's no longer the favorite. He's not. I think I checked the betting fav- the betting, uh, the odds on favorite, I believe is Shesterkin, the, the guy on the other side who outdueled him tonight, you know, but, but for Jack Campbell, I just, you know, he's never played this much hockey before. And this was always the concern about Jack. It's like he's never been a true number one. He looked great as like a 1B last year or a backup and a guy who just kind of got on a heater. But how can he be as a guy who maybe is slated for, for 50 or 55 starts? Can he be that guy? And it looked like he could be through his first 20 or so starts. But now as he kind of plays a little bit more, more than he's ever played before, it looks like maybe some fatigue is starting to settle in. He's not saying that's the case. And obviously we can also point to the poor lack of, of defensive play in front of him as a result for some of this stuff, but he's not getting, he's not making those like miraculous uh, game stopping game saving saves that he was making early in the year when the team was struggling. He's also now struggling along with the rest of the defensive play. Yeah. And, and this is the biggest challenge for him because, you know, for the first part of the year, everyone's talking about how are the Leafs going to be able to afford to keep Jack Campbell? Well, now the question is, is Jack Campbell going to be the guy that turns things around and prove and show that he can handle, you know, the ups and downs of being a starting goaltender? You, you know, a tough stretch like this, you know, goalies go through them. It's how do you rebound and how do you get out of it when it's not going your way? And, yeah, this is a tough stretch because of how many games they've been on the road. You know, they've played games at home without a, without a crowd. That can be a little tough as well. They're now going on the road where they're you know, a lot of hostile crowds. Like, I can get that, but, you know, a lot of teams are dealing with this right now. So, it's yeah, it's all about how do you, how do you rebound in the sense of adversity. A lot of teams – a lot of the Canadian teams are doing yeah. it, and – if I'm a Canadian team, not named Vancouver, that's succeeding right now. Yeah, I mean, I know Calgary and Edmonton have somewhat of a crowd. It's 50% or whatever they can get in the building. But, yeah, no, it's 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 so tough because – and I can understand why they're, they're trying to move – they were trying to postpone a lot of these games. It's – the players have said that it's tough to not – to go into those games and have the energy to play because – 
it's empty. There's no atmosphere. There's nothing to really, it's part of their routine. It's part of what they feed off of. I, I think sometimes we as outsiders don't really understand how much it, <laughs> like, I, I remember they saying like the first time they played in Col- when they played in Colorado, it's like, we actually kind of enjoyed the atmosphere because we hadn't felt it, haven't dealt with it. Yeah, for it so gave them some energy, some jump. Right. And so I, I can get that, but also at the same time, like there are a lot of teams dealing with it. You just have to find a way to, to, to pull together. Cause team, like if you look at this Atlantic division, it's tight. <laughs> like there's not a lot of room for error right now with, uh, with the way the positioning is. And Boston's on their heels. Like, the Boston's right there on their heels. Um, they just got Tuka Rask back, and there's some rumblings of David Krejci maybe returning after the Olympics. And, you know, if that's the case, that's a much more scary Boston Bruins team. And the Maple Leafs aren't guaranteed a playoff spot. They're not guaranteed a divisional spot at the very least. And they're going to have to try and kind of maybe end up battling out for a wild card position. I believe that the eight teams that are currently in a playoff spot will make it. It's a matter of seeding. But if you're Toronto, I mean, you want to win that, that you want to win the division and try and avoid Florida, but playing the way that they're playing now, I mean, that's, they're not going to win a whole heck of a lot of hockey games, but there's a winnable game coming up on Saturday. They're going to, you know, stay in New York and go and play the Islanders. Uh, so that's one where I would probably consider starting Peter Morazic. You know, it's a team that's down the dumps. They're not very good offensively. One of the lowest scoring teams in the NHL. Uh, I would consider giving Jack Campbell the night off and, you know, put Peter Morazic in the pipes and get him another start. What do you think? I, I wouldn't hate that just because, yeah, Campbell's been on such a long run of how many games he's played. And he really, the only time he's had a day off is when it's on a back-to-back, right? Yeah. Give, give Peter Morazic a bit of a chance to know that he's playing the next one. And look, they got to get Morazic going because you never know what's going to happen with Jack Campbell. If Jack Campbell goes down, like you're, you're now almost like panic mode because Morazic hasn't been good. He hasn't been able to establish a rhythm either. I understand he's the backup, the pseudo backup right now, but you gotta, you gotta make sure that he's ready and he's able to get a bit of a rhythm going, not just playing on back to back. So those are always tough for, for goalie, so I and I think Campbell just needs to re, re uh, no collect himself. The next game, the least play after the Islanders is against the Ducks. That is a very tough game, and I think Campbell just needs to really focus maybe on that and not about a game two days from now. Well, let me give you one more stat, and then we'll we'll kind of move on from the game. I do want to talk a little bit about the the new schedule that came out for February. But here's a stat that just came out that I'm seeing on Twitter comparing Jack Campbell's first 14 starts compared to his last 14 starts. So he's now, you know, 28 starts in, in, in the, uh, on the season. And here's a split of, of 50-50. His first 14, a 167 goals against a 943 save percentage with three shutouts. That's a Vesna. That's a Vesna caliber goaltender right there. The next 14 starts... 284 goals against a 912 save percentage, just one shutout. That's average. league average, right? 
So now where is Jack Campbell? And I know I think we all expected him to regress a little bit here. And maybe he is that guy in between like a 240 goals against and like a 919, 920 save percentage. And I think that's probably ish, you know, what, what he, what he is, I would assume. Um, but the question is like, if, if this defense is going to play the way that they are, and if they don't make an upgrade, I don't know if that's enough, like slightly above average goaltending is that enough to push this team into the into the you know deep into the playoffs? I I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but I mean it's I, we always get so like micro because if you really look at it, this team is one of the best teams in the NHL. All right, they're they've got like a a, a seven hundred win or a six hundred win percentage over that. What's their record right now? Uh, quickly just looking it up after losing tonight. 24, 10, and 3. There you go. 24, 10, and 3. So, I mean, this team still is winning a heck of a lot, like just a lot of hockey games. They still beat a lot of hockey games. They just beat St. Louis, who's a good team. That said, there are some concerning trends that are really starting to pop up. And, you know, Austin Matthews isn't going to be able to score each and every night. Didn't score tonight. Don't think we mentioned that, but he did not get – oh, he did. He just kicked it in and it got reversed. Yeah, he, he just kind of didn't <laughs> do it by the rules. But but he did not score tonight. And, you know, if you're relying on that goal to try and secure a victory because you're allowing four goals a night, you can't rely on a goal every single night from that guy. You know what I mean? It's it's unfortunate that he didn't get that goal. Would have set Would have tied – uh, a new record, but it just goes to show that, you know, this is a team that needs to be just a little bit better. They just got to be a little bit better if they want to be considered one of the top five teams who have legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations. Better offensively, better team buy-in from everyone else, and the goaltending certainly, um, as great as he's been, you know, early in the season, it's tailed off a bit. It's got to get better. Uh, okay, let's quickly chat about um, – I, I want to get your thoughts on – the schedule update. Did you get a chance to look at the Maple Leafs new February schedule that came out? Yeah. Like they've, you, you can see like the NHL did their best to maneuver a lot of things right now, but yeah, it's, it's actually not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Only one back to back. Um, and that's February 21st and 22nd. They've got two road games in Montreal, then in Columbus. So not overly difficult opponents either, which is, which is rather nice. Uh, they got a West Coast trip built in there as well where, you know, they got to fly through Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. Remember, those were the games that originally got canceled on them before the shutdown from COVID right before Christmas. So they got to bang out those games. There's a game against uh, the Penguins that got uh, canceled or postponed that they got to get after that. Then they play St. Louis. They got that back-to-back Montreal and Columbus on the 22nd. And then on the 24th, they got the Minnesota Wild. Should be a really good game. Detroit on the 26th and Washington on the 28th. So it ends with a bit of a flurry there. They've got, what's that, five games and eight nights to end uh, the the February schedule. So that's going to be a little bit tough. Um, But outside of that, you're right. It could have been worse. I was expecting maybe a little bit more of a tighter schedule than that yeah and and you look at really like what are the runs of like how many road game how many times are they on the road like the the west coast trip is their longest road trip so that's 
it's not too bad. It's, you know, something you have, every team has to go through. So it's not, not something that they don't anticipate. And, you know, they're, they're going to have some tough matchups. You know, they've got the Hurricanes. The Flames are not a terrible team. The Penguins have gone back to where they are. The Blues, we know what, what how they are. Like, it's a, there's a balance here of, you know, some matchups that you, that you like. Yeah. Softer games. And then, you know, games that are going to challenge you. Um, I think their March schedule is actually a lot tougher. Like, if you looked past into March, like, it's – it's heavy, yeah. and it's a lot of teams in the playoffs there. Like that, that I think is going to really tell where the Leafs are. Like they got to take, I think, advantage of their February schedule, give themselves a bit of a cushion because March is going to hit them really hard. I think. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. If you guys want to check out the entire schedule, I believe it's now up on uh, MapleLeafs.com. You could check it out there. All right, so instead of doing cosine, no sign, uh, we're, we're getting to the 30-minute mark as is. So I'm actually going to hold off, and we're going to play that game tomorrow. Uh, so tomorrow, make sure you return to the podcast, and we'll play some cosine, no sign. And it's a, it's a goodie. We did it. We did it today when we recorded. So trust me, you're going to want to return to listen to that. Uh, but I do want to thank Dave Morissuti for joining me to chat about today's game and kind of at the end of the go into the, the leave schedule just a little bit here but once again folks thank you so much for listening to locked on leafs that's gonna do it for today's podcast and thank you so much for supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms uh, platforms and receive daily leafs content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore canuck follow the show at locked on leafs i'll be back with our episode tomorrow gonna be chatting a little bit more about the maple leafs and maybe where they sit amongst the league leaders and maybe i'll dive into it and see what's going on with jack campbell because the bubble seems to be bursting just a little bit here or at least that's what the numbers say but we'll see if i can find something else that maybe gives us a little bit more hope than what uh than what we're being given right now from uh, from old Jackie Campbell. But we'll do that and then also uh, play the cosine no sign tomorrow as well. So make sure you return uh, for that one. Uh, but until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.